This is Nuclear Explained. Welcome to Nuclear Explained. Countries around the world rely on the power of nuclear technology to help achieve development objectives, including many of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. One such goal is zero hunger. This means achieving food security, improving nutrition, and promoting sustainable agriculture. For this goal, nuclear applications play a vital role. In this episode, we spotlight applying nuclear technology, specifically irradiation for plant breeding. I'm Joanne Liu. And I am Miklos Gaspar. For decades, mutation breeding has been used to accelerate the natural process of spontaneous mutation using irradiation. New crop varieties have been developed to produce higher yield and higher quality plants that can resist disease. These new crops can withstand the effects of climate change while also promoting biodiversity and the sustainable use of ecosystems. Guests from Peru, Namibia, and the Joint Center of the IEA and the FAO will explain how mutation breeding works and its benefits. In a mutation breeding trial in Namibia, for example, farmers have recorded a six-fold increase in yield of cowpea compared with traditional local varieties. Let's hear from our first guest to find out what mutation breeding is. Breeding is the science of improving uh, plants and also animals for the benefit of humankind. Any successful breeding program is about having enough genetic variation. This is Hugo Campos. He is the Deputy General Director for Research and Development at the International Potato Center, based in Lima, Peru. Without genetic variation, uh, you cannot really achieve uh, uh, meaningful genetic gains, nor develop new varieties that will be useful for farmers. So some of the most important uh, crops uh, in terms of food security on a global basis, such as cassava, potato, uh, sweet potato, uh, banana, and others, um, you don't really have uh, um, as many uh, opportunities to generate genetic variation as in cereals. Therefore, particularly in those uh, uh, crops, uh, mutation breeding uh, is a very effective approach, again, to increase the genetic variation and therefore to increase uh, their uh, likelihood of success. In this sense, mutation is a good thing. We want more genetic variation and mutation in order to have more variety. We often hear about GMO. What is the difference between genetically modified organisms and mutation breeding? Actually, they are very, very different from each other because uh, a GMO is a plant uh, created uh, uh, in a lab that it has um, foreign DNA. I mean, a gene and part of the gene that are coming from a different species. In many cases, those genes uh, come from a plant, but in others, uh, uh, they come uh, uh, from bacteria. Whereas in the case of uh, cultivar developed uh, through mutation, there is no such thing. You are not uh, introducing any foreign uh, DNA. So with mutation breeding, it's really keeping in the natural genes rather than introducing, like you said, anything foreign. Yes, that's correct. And with mutation breeding, irradiating seeds and plant tissue is used in order to yes. create this mutation or the variety. How does exactly. that exactly work? There's different ways to um, create mutations okay, uh, uh, in the genome of a plant. And what do we mean by mutation? A mutation is a change on DNA, okay? So DNA is this alphabet of life that uh, it encodes uh, the instructions for a plant to produce proteins and, and, and to grow 
through mutations, uh, you can change that alphabet. Now, in many cases, uh, chemical compounds that are used to create mutations, they change only one letter of the alphabet at a time, which somehow it, it restricts the amount of genetic variation that you will get out of those approaches. Uh, the main advantage of using a radiation mutation, for instance, using a gamma rays, is that you increase the set of mutations that you create because uh, you are not only creating point mutation. In some cases, you are uh, uh, creating deletions or uh, uh, insertions. It is much more effective for plant breeders in terms of the uh, genetic variation being created. And how do you determine how much radiation, the dose of radiation to use? Usually you run some pilot studies in order to uh, understand which is the optimal dose in terms of uh, on one side, creating genetically a relevant variation uh, uh, from a plant breeding point of view without creating deleterious mutations, okay? Because uh, uh, in other words, if you use too large of a, a radiation dose, uh, uh, um, you, might, uh, you might end, end up having some deleterious uh, uh, effects on your plants and they may not be able to grow and to re reproduce properly. So you mentioned some of the advantages with mutation breeding. We have a larger scope of variation, but what could be some of the challenges? Are there any negative effects of mutation breeding? Frankly, uh, um, I don't see any negative effect of mutation breeding. Mutation is a very effective tool to create novel genetic variation in order to be able to develop superior varieties and therefore to address the, 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 the needs uh, of farmers and of humankind uh, uh, at large. Particularly for breeders or scientists uh, in developing countries, and thanks uh, to the support of the um, uh, uh, EAEA, EA, um, they can really uh, um, launch uh, uh, projects based on a mutation breeding um, much cheaply than the ones that, uh, uh, using other approaches that they will require more expertise, more lab capability, and more funding. The use of mutations, either through chemical uh, mutagens or through radiation, started many years ago uh, in, the, in the 50s. Uh, uh, having said so, I think that uh, there are some misconceptions about mutation breeding that uh, uh, it is very important um, to clarify. Uh, for instance, some people may feel like uh, because uh, uh, those plants they, they created through uh, radiation, they might not be safe. That's not the case. That's not the case uh, at all. Actually, over the years, uh, thousands of novel varieties, they have been developed in many, many countries through uh, um, mutation breeding, and uh, they, uh, they have a, a, a long enough uh, historic uh, uh, safe use. And that's a, a good point. How do you ensure that what you're doing is safe? At several different layers. Uh, um, the first layer, it's uh, um, your field testing. When in the field, you are assessing the performance uh, of uh, a mutation breeding, you will observe uh, a deleterious effect and you will discard those plants. Now, uh, beyond that, and, and not only varieties, uh, developed through uh, mutation breeding, but also developed through any um, uh, breeding approach, they go through a regulatory process. And uh, 
depending uh, uh, of the kind of product that you are taking to the market and the specific regulation in different countries. Uh, uh, in some cases, also there are some um, assessments done on the full safety of the varieties are being developed. You're listening to Nuclear Explained. As Hugo mentioned, farmers are drawing on the benefits of using irradiation to develop new crop varieties. Varieties that have higher yields, shorter cultivation time, or resistance to climate change, stressors, and diseases. In this next segment, we will hear how Namibia started its mutation breeding program. My name is Lydia Horn. I am from Namibia. I'm working at the, at the University of Namibia. I'm a plant breeder and uh, working with uh, different varieties of crops. So could you tell us when and how you first got involved with mutation breeding? Uh, basically, I was uh, trained here at the IEA uh, for the first time in 2009 uh, due to the fact that uh, my country did not have a really um, a system in place for developing new varieties or, so to say, for plant breeding. When and why mm-hmm. did you and your institution decide to implement mutation breeding? The project started 2007. And this was because uh, Namibia did not have a breeding program in place. We needed new varieties uh, that can uh, withstand, you know, climatic conditions because everything is changing now. Um, That's why uh, this project was uh, initiated. We use the crops, which are local crops, uh, on uh, fermilet, for example, mm-hmm. which is one of the staple crops for Namibia. Uh, there's cowpea and there's uh, sorghum and also bambara groundnut. The bambara groundnut is almost like peanut, but it's more um, having a lot of uh, protein uh, in comparison to, uh, to, pin, uh, to peanut. There are other techniques available to breed plants. Mm-hmm. What do you see as the advantage of mutation breeding versus other methods? Unlike other methods of breeding, mutation breeding um, induce more variation in the population, in the breeding population in a very short time. With mutation breeding also, one will have more to select from. You can maybe select for height or drought tolerant or maybe grain quality or maybe uh, nutritional composition. So more options in a shorter time. Is more options, absolutely. Could you talk to us about the impact of that on the individual farmers or on the economy or food security? The impact have been very good. Farmers uh, were really, really interested in this uh, program uh, as we have been involving them from the onset of the project. We had uh, a lot of farmers who are growing these crops in their fields, there are some farmers who are already selling these seeds at the informal uh, seed market, and they are making uh, money for their children, maybe to buy their school uniform or pay school fees, and also for their diet at household level. And we have one who, uh, um, one crop which have been more playing a major role now in the past years, which is uh, cowpea. We had uh, about uh, five lines that have been released uh, to to the farmers. 
cowpea is high in protein. And in some part of uh, uh, Africa, like in Nigeria, for example, cowpea is regarded, you know, it's equivalent to the meat because of its high uh, protein content. So farmers who have been growing these uh, varieties, they are really reaping the benefit. And uh, I think this need to be <laughs> encouraged that our government or our institution need to do more and make this seed available to everyone in the country. So at this point, it's still like a, a small scale experimental uh, level with farmers. <laughs> How many farmers are involved? It's more like a small scale, yes, because they, those were selected farmers that we were working with. We have uh, uh, grown these varieties in three regions and in each region about 30 farmers were involved. In, in what ways are these new varieties improved compared to the local variety that you had before? The difference is the new varieties are now um, able to withstand drought, uh, um, drought condition unlike in the previous uh, the previous lines because i remember even some they will uh, varieties of permillet they will take over like 120 days before you uh, harvest but with uh, mutant lines uh, within 2 months they are already like flowering and in 3 months you are already harvesting so there is much improvement that have been done and what about the yield the yield is, has grown how by how much before, even sometimes you harvest uh, this cowpea and then you get to like half a, a kg, maybe per, per plot. But now uh, with what the new varieties that we got, there were some that we were even able to get three tons per hectare. Uh, and before it was about 500 kg. So that means up to a six-fold increase. Yes. Have you found it difficult sometimes to convince farmers to, to adapt these new, new varieties? From my experience, uh, farmers in my country, they are not uh, scared of these varieties because we have been involving them. They see how the crops are growing. They are the one also growing it. I've had uh, in some areas where people will be like, you know, scared of radiation or they will think that the, the, the crops are, um, the, the yield or what you are eating uh, maybe have uh, radiation, but then the moment when you start to explain mutation breeding, how does it work, the gene, they rearrange, the chromosome rearrange themselves, you know, in such a way that you can select. I try also to explain is that uh, mutation uh, mostly happen in nature, but then in nature it takes so long, you know, and sometimes it passes without you realizing it. So if you make the people understand that these things happen in nature, but with induced mutation, you are just accelerating, you know, what is normally happening in nature. You're listening to Nuclear Explained. Namibia is just one of the many countries benefiting from mutation breeding. In this last segment, we will hear from a top expert at the joint FAO-IE Center of Nuclear Techniques in Food and Agriculture. My name is Shobha Shivashankar, and I am the head of plant breeding and genetics section at the joint FAO-IAEA Center of Nuclear Techniques in Food and Agriculture. So why is international cooperation important when it comes to the development of mutation breeding in developing countries? In developing countries, as well as in developed countries, the major focus on food security and nutritional security are critical to be addressed 
to a great extent through improved crops that are available for cultivation to farmers. And improving crops um, is done through breeding and the understanding of the genetics that goes behind a particular characteristic of a crop that a farmer desires, for example, increased yield, increased nutrition, reduced diseases or resistance to disease and pest, uh, climate change adaptation, such as adaptation to drought, salinity of the soil, and others. Through the mechanism that is in place um, at the IAEA, through the technical cooperation projects and through coordinated research projects, it is possible to bring together countries that need the support for breeding and to be also imparting capacity development at the infrastructure level and also at the human talent level to researchers in these developing countries. So basically what you're saying, it's like a technology transfer yes. to, to some of these institutes. Mm -hmm. So what kind of support uh, do you offer? and? Other areas where perhaps more support is needed? So the kind of support that we offer is basically to be using the technologies in place for early induced genetic variation and the early part of the breeding process. And then when it comes to the, uh, the breeding process, we provide the support in terms of proper statistical analysis, proper field design, and a confident selection of improved uh, plant material. So how widespread is the use of mutation breeding compared to traditional breeding? Mutation breeding is very widespread across all crops. The giant FAO IAEA Center maintains a database called the Mutant Variety Database, and it is uh, database of uh, mutant varieties that are voluntarily contributed by countries. Currently, we have about 3,400 mutant varieties across 70 countries that are captured in the database, which go across more than 200 crops. You've recently started a project in Latin America could, on, on bananas. Could you tell us more about this? Yes, that's a very critical project at this time because it deals with a disease um, called Banana Fusarium wilt, Tropical Race 4. In the history of bananas, we had this Fusarium disease affecting bananas several years back, decades back, and that was a different race called Tropical Race 1. And that came in Asia Pacific and in Australia. And, um, and then it was detected in Latin America and it wiped out plantations in Latin America. And then um, the final rescue of the banana industry and the smallholder agriculture in banana cultivation was through the recognition of um, one particular variety called Cavendish, which had genetic resistance to the disease. Now, Cavendish is the banana that we all have, but um, a, a different race of the Fusarium pathogen cropped up and that started uh, demolishing plantations. This project came about because in Latin America, which is the major banana exporting region of the world, the disease was first reported in 2019. But then in 2021, last year, in April, the disease uh, was detected in a second country. 
And that um, led to the countries in the Andean region to be reaching out to FAO and to the IAEA to be providing urgent support to combat this disease. And we received the request in August and by September, we were having a project that was put together. So basically what you're saying, it's a race against time to develop a new genetically resistant variety before this disease wipes out the banana plantations in Latin America. Exactly, exactly. So how much time do we have and how, how quick the, the research could be? Normally, we take at least eight years for a breeding program to be in place. That's because of these various generations Gener- that you have to wait until they mature, right? Exactly. In um, So eight years, that's a long time. Eight years is a long time. But if we have uh, tissue culture processes where we can screen advanced generations, we can get to a shorter period of time. And we know in seed crops like rice, where some of our IAEA member states have succeeded in releasing a variety within four years. Well, it may take up to four to eight years to develop this. We are not starting from zero because some work has already been done. There are some preliminary results. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. we can certainly um, depend on that. Some technologies need to be in place to shorten the time. Well, I hope you can save our bananas. So what would need to be done to speed this up, to make sure that something as impactful as these new varieties really do have that impact? An acting engagement by agricultural ministries of countries to be investing in seed multiplication and dissemination is one thing. And there are countries that do not have the process at all. We have supported farmer cooperatives to be coming together in villages and multiplying the seed and then to be supplying the seed to farmers. So that helps to some extent to bring the varieties widely under cultivation. Without that, All this research will not reach impact at the level of the SDGs that we are looking for. From bananas to sweet potatoes, mutation breeding is used around the world. The COVID-19 pandemic, inflation, and the impact of conflict on food supply, on top of the effects of climate change, are the latest examples putting food security at risk. Mutation breeding is one way nuclear is making a valuable contribution to address this risk, as well as other sustainable development goals. Here is an interesting fact. New varieties of crops are being bred in spacecrafts and space stations while orbiting our planet. The second most used wheat mutant variety in China, for example, was bred from seeds that were flown into space where cosmic rays can induce mutation. We hope that you have enjoyed today's show. Subscribe to Nuclear Explained to learn more about the world of nuclear and how nuclear is integrated in our daily lives. Go to iaea.org forward slash podcasts for more information and resources related to this episode and more. Have a question or want to share feedback? Send us a voice recording or write to us at nuclearexplained at iaea.org. I'm Joanne Liu. And I am Miklos Gaspar. Thanks for joining us. You have been listening to Nuclear Explained.